Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I'm a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face. Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn laugh and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today. Here's Steph. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. I am so excited to be joined in this episode with a new friend that I recently just met at my trip to the Capitol. And she has an amazing story, is an amazing person. And I just knew once we met that um, we would click right away. And that would be the beginning of some more awesome conversations. So I'm excited to introduce LaShonda Carr. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So let's just dive right in. Um, Because you're a new friend to mine too, I'm so excited to learn more about your backstory and what really led you to entrepreneurship. Wow. Um, It's a a long story, but I'm going to try to do my best to condense it and still um, highlight the most um, important parts of the story. So um, I started my entrepreneurship journey in a home-based business in childcare. Um, and I started that childcare business in 2016 um, after I was having some significant struggles with my youngest son. Um, he had some difficulties in school that required me to be available all the time. Um, he ended up having some um, behavior problems and some issues that was making it difficult to work a regular nine to five. Um, It pretty much took me having to battle with the school district to get him testing, to get him services and supports. But all along, while I did that, I needed to have some stability in being able to be able to provide for my family while going through those um, systems and, you know, trying to advocate for him to get him the best services to address his needs. And so um, I had a cousin who had did in-home child care. Um, She was very successful in doing it. I had already had a background in it because I did early childhood education the entire time I was in undergraduate college. So I had already had the background and the knowledge. So it took a little bit of uh, acquiring a couple of different certifications. And I had already had a home that was well kept. And I went through the motions of building an in-home daycare. And I went through the process of building an in-home daycare. And that's how I was able to provide for my family. So I did that for a year. Um, our family ended up relocating to Texas. We kind of got some um, supports in place for my son there. They really saw that he was just this awesome kid. Academically, he did well. He just struggled with his emotions. And so they finagled some things because that's just the type of school districts they have in Texas. They really are um, sticklers for discipline and education. So they kind of created a lane for us that wasn't really supposed to be there. Nevertheless, we got the services that we needed um, while we lived there. Um, I was able to get a job as a child care director, first job ever running a child care center. Um, it was very challenging in that it it was a center that had needed a full-fledged um, redo from the staff to the program to um, the advertising and marketing. And so they trusted me based on my background to you know, be the one to go in and do it. And I literally did all of that. And the whole time I was doing it, I'm like, man, I could do this for myself. Like I have the knowledge, I have the skills, like I'm running a daycare that's over a hundred kids. We got all these families, like I'm new in this state and I'm really, oh, it wasn't easy. It definitely was, was challenging. 
Um, cause I had to really like show the staff that I was qualified and that I could do the job and they needed to respect me. And that was a little bit challenging in the beginning cause they had previously had a daycare director who had been there for years. So revamp this childcare center was very proud of myself in doing it, but I was so homesick. Oh my God. That was the first time that I had relocated somewhere else. And I was so homesick. And I told my kids, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, I'm ready to go back to Wisconsin. You know, that's where all of our family is at. When I did relocate, it was because my oldest sister was in the military and she was um, stationed there. It was new to her. She was a single mom. So we really relocated together to be each other's support system. But once I realized that that wasn't the place for me, I had bigger goals and dreams and didn't want to live in this small military town in Texas. I was like, I'm going home. So when I came home, Everybody thought it was going to be a visit, except for my kids. They knew that mom's like, we're going back. So I had told her, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to come back and visit. But I had already planned. Vehicle was already shipped with everything that we owned in it. You know, we had already had our tickets. We, we came home and we literally started from scratch. Literally, we had to rebuild everything. We had to get a new place to live. Luckily, in addition to the early childhood experience, I had some significant experience working in social services. So I was able to get a job like that. It literally was waiting on me when I came back because the agency had already knew of my reputation for working in other programs. So I got that job. But the whole time I was doing that job, I felt compelled to work with children and their families in the capacity of early childhood education. And so I just felt unfulfilled. So literally every day I'll be driving around, you know, picking up my son from school or on my lunch break. And I'm looking at buildings because I'm like, I'm, I'm building me a daycare. Like that's what I really <laughs> want to do. build one from the ground up. I searched for a building space for like a year and I just kept hitting brick wall after brick wall. I had found certain daycare buildings that had been previously daycares, some were turnkey ready, but every time I got to the point where it was time to solidify a lease and a contract, something happened. So I'm like, you know what? That's just God telling me this is not for me. This is not for me right now. So yeah. I'm like, but I couldn't shake the feeling. So literally two blocks away from my house, I was just driving up the street one day and I saw this small commercial building space. And I don't know what about it, like just stood out. It was a big sign in the window saying for lease. So I, I rolled past it a couple of times. And then another day I came back and I'm like, this space is like calling my name. I don't know why, because it's not big enough to do a daycare. I could see that from the windows. So luckily the windows were wide open. So I pulled over, got on my car, looked at the window and I was like, I don't know what's something about this space. I got to check it out. Literally called the property manager, saw the space the next day. It just spoke to me. So I came in and it was all these different colors. It was old. It was dusty. It had been a ton of businesses over the years and none of the businesses had survived. And so I was like, God, I don't know what you're doing here, but this has got my wheels turning. So I was like, you know what? It's got a low, um, a low lease amount. Um, I don't believe the startup is going to be that hard because what I was thinking was, okay, while I'm building the um, capital and everything that I need for a daycare, I could take this space, you know, um, turn it into office space and I could do childcare consulting. I have the experience to, you know, start daycare centers. I've had the experience to, um, you know, open up a child care center. I've worked from home in child care. So I could teach other people how to open their own in-home daycares. I could teach um, people how to open up child care group centers. But then also I could be a consultant and go around to various daycares and help them improve the quality of their program because that was a time period where a lot of daycares were getting shut down due to um, abuse, due to citations, due to not functioning properly, operating properly. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to be childcare consulting while I'm working on the next thing. And I did have a nine to five. So I'm like, I have a cushion, you know, to, to, to be able to carry me and I'm going for it. Like I just, I'm going for it. So I got in here and I started changing the space around painting, organizing whole time. I didn't have a solid idea of how I was going to do it. I just had an idea in my mind and I knew that I was going to go for it. So I started gathering my resources and putting the plan together as I'm, you know, revamping the space. My kids are helping me paint and reorganize or repurpose furniture. My cousins are helping me. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to call this space. And I was praying about it. And I'm like, God, if this is for me, you, you got to open up the door. You got to see me through it. And the name, the inspiration event space, or I'm, I'm moving too fast. The inspiration space came to me. So I turned it into the inspiration space and 
it literally took on a world of its own because I'm like, okay, I'm going to be out here building up my um, reputation to, to be able to do this job and be building up my clientele. But how am I going to make money in the meantime? I'm going to rent out the space. I'm going to share it, you know, with other people who need the space. And so I started renting it out to people for events and literally it changed into an event space from there. Like people were like, you know what? This is a, a cool space. It's not too big, like banquet halls. It still feels the need. Um, and literally I was in business for probably four or five months before COVID hit. And then I was like, well, darn. God, I, I know this is not part of the plan. Like, I know you didn't just have me go through all of this for me to literally be shut down and be mobilized and not be able to move forward. And so I'm like, you know what? I, I know this isn't it, God. I know this isn't for nothing. So I kept pushing through persevering um, because I was in this space. I was one of the first businesses to have to, you know, really shut everything down. There was no way to move around that. I stayed closed for probably eight months through COVID. Um, maybe six or something like that. And the whole time I'm like, you know what? I got to keep myself relevant. And so I posted to social media, different things that you could do in the space, even though you couldn't necessarily use it at that time period. But then I embarked on a personal development journey through the whole process. I started working out. I started eating right. Um, I have just became a vegetarian in the six months prior. And so I'm like, you know what? I can't go to the gym because the gyms are shut down. I'm going to work out for my space. I kept social media in tune with everything that I did. And I grew this following for being inspirational and motivational. I would always post inspirational words. I would share parts of my own journey. I would motivate other women to um, get fit and just really take control of their life and do whatever it is that they want to do. And so that's what people begin to know me as. And so that's how the inspiration event space came about from an idea of you know, wanting to operate a childcare business. And I was so sure that that's, that was what my calling was, that God was saying, this is what you need to be doing. Because I had literally spent 15 years prior working in mm. so many programs in the community for children. Basically, the idea was to strengthen the family units and to fill their needs. And so I'm like, this is, this is my calling. So then when the transition into event space, it was the most challenging thing that I had ever done because it forced me to really focus on cultivating relationships with other people. And that was an area that I struggled in, not because I didn't have the skill set, but because some of my past traumas caused me to be really like closed off. And so this job or this business rather forced me to go way beyond my comfort zone. And so um, once I got the event space going, um, again, had to shut down through the COVID use the space in order to do some other things to stay relevant and to increase my visibility. And then COVID starts slowing down. Things are slowly but surely opening up and our city ends up going into a period of civil unrest where there's riots and all these things happening due to um, a crime that happened in the city where an individual was shot by the police and People felt like it was something that he didn't deserve. Um, it was very traumatic. It was in the um, the public eye because it was recorded. And then our city began, began to be like on the news all over the place for mm -hmm. this horrible thing. And I just happened to have a business that was like smack dab in the heart of where the rioting took place. So the entire area, otherwise known as the uptown area of where I live at, was burnt down, was broken into, was destroyed except for this small area where it's filled with diverse, diversified businesses. We were untouched in comparison to everything around us, which was, I don't know, that was something for me to really like reflect on. Our businesses were not touched, but I think the city knew that, you know, I think the city knew that this is an area for diverse businesses um, because the area had had a negative connotation from previous years, probably 10, 12 years previously for violence. So this area has continued to be um, redeveloped. And when that happened, I was just like, COVID, now the rise, like, oh my God, how am I going to sustain a business with all of this? Because now I got to rebuild. I got to rebuild so that people can know that this is an area that's still doing business, that is safe. You know, I have to rebuild and, and really work hard to show that my business is, you know, viable and um, it's a need in the community. And so after all of that happened, um, and, you know, people got more comfortable with going into businesses in different spaces. I literally started getting a lot of clientele from Illinois, which is just a 
you know, over the border of Wisconsin. And that was because Illinois took a really long time to open up. Mm -hmm. And so people were like trying to find places to still have events, still gather. It started out as people being comfortable with like um, having events that were only family oriented. And then from there, it grew back into more wide open public spaces. Um, But then I also realized like, hey, you got to do something else to substitute and, uh, you know, complement your income because of all of this this stuff that's happened now. And so I started hosting events on my own, which was also challenging because it took me out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I had to become someone that's a host and, you know, I'm presenting and I'm stepping out of my comfort zone to continue to inspire other women to do the same thing. Most of my events started out as women's empowerment in various, you know, areas, and then it moved into social events. And so the social events were more so to get the public to see hey, I'm here, I'm an event space, this is all the cool things that we're doing, you know, you can come over here and you can host your own event, or you can partake in some of the events that we host, and so that's how I ended up starting my entrepreneurship journey in the commercial building space, you know, a business that's beyond a home-based business. Wow, well, I (laughs) love to hear the full story, because I've heard parts of it, right, I had no idea that um, early childhood and Um, The daycare centers was really how you um, thought that your journey was going to go. I actually grew up, my mom did in-home daycare, still does in-home daycare, um, and has been doing it for 30 years. So I have that personal experience with it, and I think it is truly life-changing. So what a strong passion and mission for you to start with. And something that I think that just keeps coming as a thread through your story is trusting the process. You're a woman of faith. You you know, sometimes most of the time when we're feeling these like nudges on our heart, we don't really know why. (laughs) Um, And a lot of times they don't make sense in the moment and they can be just painful um, to try and make these changes. But when you trust the process and you trust God, then it, it unfolds the way that it's supposed to. So you've done that time after time after time. Um, and I think that's really why intuition is such a big key in entrepreneurship. You have to be like very interconnected with yourself um, to even see some of those signs and trust them, right? There's so many turning points that you had where you could have went a totally different direction and it would have changed the entire trajectory of where you are today, not to mention all of the challenges and obstacles that you are thrown into and faced within just the first few years of business. You know, it would have been really easy for you to say, oh, COVID, I'm, I quit. I gave it a good run. It was good while it lasted. Now I'm going to go back to my nine to five and, you know, have that just rest on that cushion. But you knew that you were made for something more and you challenged that and said, okay, I'm here. I'm here for it. Like whatever it is, show me the way. And even if it doesn't make sense, I'll still follow it. So just that growth and evolution. And I think that's really where you and I have connected is just wanting to inspire other people to make those big leaps for themselves and, and trust the process and know that we've all been there in some way, shape or form. um, So we can get through it. You've also continued to evolve and fill a void when you see one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is what also makes, I believe, some of the most successful business owners. You fill a void. When you fill a void, you spend less time trying to tell people why they should buy or do business with you. And you just fill a void and serve in the way that you're meant to. So I love that. I love the inspiration behind Inspiration Event Space. <laughs> I think that was such a perfect name to start with. Thank um, you. What would you say has been your favorite part of this whole journey? Obviously, you've had a lot of obstacles and I'm sure, you know, just painful um, kind of uh, on your knees trying to pray and figure it out moments. But what has been your favorite part of the journey? So I actually have two things that have been my favorite part of the journey. So um, as an entrepreneur, I am a first-generation college graduate and a first-generation entrepreneur. And so it's been amazing seeing people in my community be inspired by me to be able to push past obstacles, to 
pursue their goals and dreams of entrepreneurship as well. And a lot of women come to me for resources. A lot of women, you know, message me on social media or ask me like, you know, how do you keep going? Or they look to me for resources. And I'm like, you know, if I have the information, I'll share it. If not, I'm able to connect them with other people. But I think that I have a knack for seeing things in people that they don't necessarily see in themselves. So even though they're coming to me for inspiration, I am able to help them um, realize some of the things that they have a strength that they didn't necessarily realize. So that's a part of the process that I really enjoy because even though I'm not necessarily where I want to be in business, I'm continuously striving to get to where I want to be and um, continue to grow and learn. I'm still able to share information and resources to uplift and motivate those that are coming behind me. So that's a, a really... Um, that's a, a favorable part of it for me. But the second thing is being able to have my children alongside me for the journey to be able to show them, um, you know, what it looks like when you really persevere, when you push past all these adversities to get to reaching your goals. And so um, the fact that my children were in this space, literally helping me build and, you know, putting in sweat equity along with me and then them being able to see me launch it, you know, from my grand opening to my re-grand opening to helping me with some of the events, the preparation for some of the events and just being able to witness it firsthand. Like my mom started a business, you know, my mom is very knowledgeable. She's very talented. You know, she's a resource to other people. And I didn't even realize how much in, the, in effect I had on my kids in that way. And so my son, who at the time was, I'm going to say 11. So when he was 11 years old, he was in middle school and he was going to school and he would always tell his teachers and his friends about me. And I never knew that until I ended up having some conversations with the staff at the school. And they were like, he talks about you all the time. So mm -hmm. what he was doing is like, for example, one of his teachers said like, oh, you know, I want to, you know, start going to the gym a little bit more. I want to work out, you know, and he'd be like, oh, my mom, she can help you with that. You know, she goes to the gym all the time. She's a vegetarian. She can even give you some recipes. And I'm like, I can't believe that he's doing that. Like at first I was just kind of like, wow, that's so cool to hear my son talk about me in that way. And then it was another time where um, apparently he Googled me while he was in school. I, I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> So when he Googled me, he was able to see, you know, my picture in the newspaper. He was able to see my business. He was able to see all these cool things about me. And it really made him proud for me to be his mom. And so um, my daughter also, you know, she tells me all the time, like, mom, all the time, like, I'm so glad that, you know, you really you know, work past all the things that you've experienced and you've overcame to pursue your goals because, you know, I don't have a lot of friends whose moms, you know, do that sort of thing. And so it's just been really, it's been a proud moment for me to be able to see my kids alongside me in having them acknowledge me for the things that I've done, which is basically trying to set the foundation for them, you know, being a role model for them, allowing them to be able to see that this is something that can be done. So I would say that's been my favorite part of the journey. Yeah, that's huge. How many kids do you have? So I have two. So I have an adult daughter who is going to be 22. Um, I had her at the age of 18. Um, and then I have a son who is 14 and I really believe that he's been bit by the entrepreneur bug. Um, just a little tidbit. I started a business with him at the age of 12 where we made all different types of sweets and treats for him. And so he was able to really get a chance to see the entrepreneurship journey on a smaller scale, um, making all these handmade chocolate covered treats and different puddings and, you know, sweets and things of that nature that he was able to sell in the community. He was able to sell at school. He was able to earn money, learn marketing, learn budgeting, all these different things. And so he's got that spirit in him mm -hmm. to talk about business all the time. Like the ideas that he comes up with are so creative, but he's also a tech kid. So he loves technology. He's always looking to recreate and reinvent and experiment with things. But I, I just have a strong feeling that even if he goes off to college to be an engineer, which is what he's thinking now, that somewhere along the line, he's going to be an entrepreneur as well. 
I love that. And um, that's really what inspired me into entrepreneurship. You know, you're talking about generational impact. I grew up with both of my parents owning their own businesses. And I was I was the first to graduate college in my family. So I can kind of um, relate and how important that felt for me too. Um, but just growing up in small business, there's nothing like it. There's nothing cooler that you could... I mean, just the way that you can teach your kids life skills. I mean, I mean, some of it is business skills, which is definitely helpful in life. But I think that those are some of the probably the most memorable moments that he's going to have. And just like you said, creating that generational impact, that's huge. And what better way to show your kids to go after their dreams by you doing it yourself? And I love what you said about just being a resource for other people. You know, a lot of times we think we need to be mountains ahead of someone to help them when really we just need to be like one or two steps ahead um, and be able to relate to them. And I love your just go for it attitude. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've really resonated with you the most is just being willing to go for it and be the first one in your family to go for it and go after your dreams. And that is how you show, show your kids that they can do the same thing. You know, a lot of us say that, but do we actually do it? Do we actually go for our dreams and do it on a daily basis, um, continuing to show up? So I love that. And I know you're super growth minded. Like you said, you embarked on this whole um, personal development journey. And I'm always saying like, if you want to grow personally, start a business <laughs> because you will have to grow personally, <laughs> right? Oh my, that is so true. So what um, are maybe some influential either um, people or podcasts or books? Like where do you kind of soak up your, your knowledge and growth from? So um, as far as like books and podcasts, what I typically do is I typically alternate between um, self-help books and books that are going to help me grow as an entrepreneur. So for example, you know, one book might be something that's related to, you know, spirituality or, you know, um, you know, things that you can experience as a woman. And then the, the next book will be something like, you know, how to grow and scale your business or, you know, things like that. So I kind of go back and forth between, you know, self-help and then business uh, minded books because I'm always trying to continue to in increase my knowledge because one thing I can say that I did not do before I ran with this idea of a business for myself I did not do a lot of research and that came <laughs> by me in the behind later on See, this the is why we're meant to be friends yeah and I'm like you, you know just what? go for it <laughs> yes and and it, although sometimes that works out great it definitely causes a lot of I would say issues that you probably could have alleviated had you done a little bit more research in the beginning. So that's why I do it that way. Um, and then I think it's important to keep challenging your mind. So I don't want to keep reading the same types of things over and over and over. So um, I would say the most recent books that I've read that have been influential have been um, Woman Evolved by Sarah Jake Roberts. Man, that book right there was life changing for me. Um, the other book that I read recently that I feel like everybody should read. Um, it's called The Mountain is You by Brianna Weiss. And it's a book that talks a lot about self-sabotage, among other things. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm telling you, that book had me glued to it for like two months. And then I still think that sometimes I go back and kind of reflect on things that I've learned just to keep it fresh in my mind. But definitely a book that was life-changing for me. And actually right now I'm reading a book called Fervent, um, A Women's Battle Plan for Serious, Specific, and Strategic Prayer. And this by Priscilla Shirer. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. But for me, this book was helpful and it focuses a lot. It's, it's related to spirituality. Um, it focuses a lot on developing a specific and strategic prayer plan for your life. Because when you think about, you know, depending on whatever you, you believe in, you know, when you think about, um, you know, God, and you think about the enemy, um, it talks a lot about the specific and strategic ways that the enemy uses different areas of your life to, to attack you, to, you know, hinder you, to keep you from moving forward, to make you feel less than, to, to pretty much paralyze you. And so, of course, I'm a woman of faith, so I do pray, but I think this book has helped me 
really level up my prayer life and be more confident and more bold in the prayers that I say over my family, over myself, and, you know, just focusing on keeping that connection to God, because ultimately, you know, you have the worldly things, but you also have the spiritual things. And sometimes I think we get caught up in a lot of the worldly things that, you know, depending on what you believe in, you don't look at it as it going further than that. And for me, I don't want to leave this world without having my purpose fulfilled. And so I think that I have to approach things from a, a point of view that's not typical, you know? So that's why I say some things are worldly and some things are spiritual. And like, I need to be ready to put, to, to put foot to the ground, you know, put on my full armor of God and really go for what I want and, and really uh, fulfill my purpose. But I got to be protected. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. for me, this book was like, it came, it came to me right on time. And I always feel like books come to me, like based on what I need in that moment and where I am oh, in my life. Cause I don't really search for them. They yeah. kind of just, and so I'm wrapping up that book now and I've been encouraging a couple of my friends to read it too, but it's been so helpful for me because it allowed me to see prayer in just a different light. And so um, that's something that I, you know, that's a part of my everyday life. And so um, those are the books that I'm reading. And then in terms of podcasts, I'm also um, an avid listener to Sarah Jakes Roberts' Woman Evolve podcast. I think it's just amazing at how it relates to life and business and purpose, which is, for me, really relevant to where I'm in in my life right now. Um, another podcast I listen to just off the top of my head is um, Courtney Sanders. She is a coach um, and she has a platform that talks a lot about how she started her coaching program from her personal development journey. And it speaks to me because I'm also moving in a very similar direction. Um, I've also listened to literacy podcasts or not literacy, but financial literacy podcasts such as Earn Your Leisure. Um, and I would say those are probably the ones that that are on re- like replay right now. I love it. That's a good list. We need to make some notes and write those down. So perfect segue into that. You're talking about, you know, putting your armor on and just going for what you feel is your purpose. And I love that. And that's like what you're meant to do is inspire other people to do that for yourself. So what would you say is, do you feel your purpose and how do you encourage other women to take that, that big jump or that scary leap into following their own purpose? So I believe that my purpose is tied to to educating and to inspiring other women to be able to take care of their health, to be able to pursue their goals and their dreams, and to realize that in order to do all the things, you know, whether you're a mom, whether you're a wife, whether you're a woman in business, to do all the things, you have to prioritize you. And I know that time, that that concept can be controversial because when you become a mom, you know, you're you're told that your kids come first. When you become a wife, you're told, you know, to honor your husband. And I think that all of those things are important. However, if I am not well, if I am not grounded, if I'm not taking care of me, I'm not going to be any good to do any of those things. And so it took me probably <laughs> to my early mid thirties, I would say to realize that because I had children um, or my first child rather at a young age and and I just hit the ground running with, I got to be the best mom that I could be. I got to provide, I got to, you know, show my daughter, you know, that she can do this. And for me, it was just like, I spent my entire life doing that. And nobody told me that it was okay to put myself first. And that positioned me to be this closed off individual who, lacked boundaries, who was always, you know, people pleasing, always trying to be there for everybody else, because I was so dedicated to showing my family, my friends that I'm going to be there for you, that you can depend on me. And I was running myself into the ground, even with just being a parent, like making sure that all of my kids needs were met. I was just neglecting the things that I wanted, the things that I needed. And even when I first started my business, I always would say like, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my kids. And while that initially started out as the, um, as the outlook that I had, it turned into, well, now I'm doing this for 
me. I'm doing this for Lashonda because this is what I enjoy doing because this is what I aspire to be. And I want to be able to show those coming behind me that you can do that too. And it's not to say that you're selfish to put yourself first. And it wasn't until I started taking care of me, you know, pouring into myself, um, you know, doing things that were good for my mind, doing things that were good for my body and my spirit that I actually even started enjoying life. I was miserable as a parent Mm -hmm. because I always put everything and everybody else first. And so once I decided that, you know what, I'm choosing me, life got greater. Despite the troubles, despite the adversities, despite the, you know, highs and lows of business and, you know, the different things that you experience as being a parent, like I'm better able to deal with those things because I'm taking care of myself. And so I believe that it's my purpose to spread that message and to be able to show women what it looks like. And so I'm using my own journey to do that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And like you said, to show up better for yourself, you show up better for everyone else. And I could not agree more. As soon as you let go of some of that guilt and people pleasing and um, just the the feeling, the burden that you have to do everything and you let that go. And it's okay to have things that are for you um, and you alone. And you just feel lighter. You feel happier. You're a more joyful person to be around. You're a better mom because you take care of yourself. Yeah. So what encouragement would you give to maybe someone who is wanting to jump into entrepreneurship, maybe that's they feel their calling or even just take a bigger leap or risk in their own life that they have that nudge on their heart. What encouragement would you give them? Oh, that's a good question. Encouragement. As far as encouragement, I would say it sounds very cliche, but it literally is exactly what it is. Your dreams don't work unless you do. You have to be willing to put in the work. But when I look at the work, I don't just look at like the physical work. I mean, the inner work within yourself to keep Mm -hmm. yourself grounded, to make sure that you're whole, to, you know, work past any type of traumas that may be hindering you, to, you know, set yourself up for success by paying attention to the the things that you like and don't like, paying attention to how things make you feel, you know, from the inside and trusting your gut. But if you're not grounded, I think that you're more apt to struggle to maintain who you are in business. And so that's what I would say as far as like encouragement. You can do anything you put your mind to, absolutely, but everything begins and ends with you. And it's not just on the outside. It's really on the inside. Yeah, totally. Yep. I agree. Like you got to do the inner work. And often I find it's the inner work that's keeping us stuck. Like on the outside, maybe how we're perceived by others, we have it all together. We have everything we need to move forward and be successful and do all the things. Maybe on paper, we have everything we need. Um, But is it inside of us? Have we done the inner work to get to the next part of the journey? And I found even for myself that I'm my biggest sabotager. When I have things going good and I have great ideas and it feels like everything is on my side, I start to question myself and my abilities um, because that means I need to do more inner work. And I don't think yeah. work ever ends, right? Like we're always having to do the inner work. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably end up, you know, highlighting more of this as we continue with the interview. But my motto literally is self-work before the welfare. Because if you're focused so much on being successful and, you know, acquiring a certain amount of, you know, monetary gain or wealth, but you are not doing the inner work, one or two things are going to happen. You're going to acquire it, but you're not going to be able to maintain it because you haven't done the inner work to do so. Or you're going to get to the point where you want to be, you know, financially, monetarily, but then you're going to start to suffer and all types of things are going to start to, you know, weigh you down because you haven't built a solid foundation. And so I feel like when you do the self-work, self-work is going to look different for everyone. You know, it's really the inner work to cause you to show up confidently as who you are, to really get to know who you are through introspection and self-reflection, you know, those sorts of things. And so you really end up being this well-rounded individual when you do the work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that life is going to be 
things. It doesn't mean that, you know, difficult things aren't going to happen, but it's just going to equip you to better have an understanding of yourself as you're on this journey of entrepreneurship. Oh, I love that. Self-work before wealth work. work. Yes, that is gold. (laughs) Okay, thank you. I'm going to highlight that um, because it's so true. And I see so many people. I mean, we see this even with celebrities, like they have all the money in the world, but they are so unhappy. They are so unsatisfied. It's like their life is crumbling in on them because they haven't done the inner work to really figure out like like you said, overcoming traumas, triggers and traumas, um, overcoming limiting beliefs of doubt or self-worth, like, do I deserve this, um, of being willing to put themselves out there in uncomfortable ways and continuing to grow and evolve. And that, like you said, it, it's going to look different in every for every person, every stage and season of your life or your business. But I mean, that's a huge reason why I'm so such an advocate for small businesses focusing not just on money and profitability, but sustainability, figuring out your version of success because bigger is not always better. Um, You know, building something that you love. Like, I don't want you to get to the epitome of what you considered success and realize that you actually hate it. it. Yeah trapped because I'm there myself and it's not fun to then try and figure out um, your next uh, kind of pivot from there and to almost like take something that is so massive and then have to almost break it down and rebuild it again. And on top of that, sometimes that is the best inner work that we could ever do. I think we all have to hit a rock bottom in our own version of that to be able to get to the next evolution or idea. So would you be willing to share, and it doesn't need to be like rock, rock bottom, but a moment in your mind where you were maybe at a super low or really, really challenging experience and you had to make a decision that ultimately changed the trajectory of your life? Oh, let's see. Um, (laughs) That's a jam-packed question. Um, Let's see. Well, you know, I, I have to say yes. And I don't think it is necessarily like, one time period, I think right. maybe like phase. And so the phase shows up, you know, continuously along the way. So just for, you know, background knowledge, I am a single mom. And so that in and of itself comes with a lot of challenges and you add entrepreneurship to that. And then you add having an adult child with a younger child. And then you add having children that have chronic illnesses And it gets really, really tough and trying a lot. And so what I've noticed, and so now that I have noticed it, I'm I'm cautious of how I'm approaching each time this happens. But what I've noticed is that when my business is doing great, my personal life is a little more challenged. Mm -hmm. And when my personal life is doing great, my business becomes a little bit more challenging. And I really do think that there's a reason for that. I think that's a part of the process. I think that's a part of, you know, my story and and the work that God is doing in me so that it becomes my testimony to be able to share how I've been able to, you know, overcome those things with people who may be experiencing similar, um, you know, trials and tribulations. And so for me, I am just continuing to remind myself that, God chose me. He chose me to be a generational curse breaker. He chose me to be mom that is, you know, managing these different facets of single parenthood and being able to take that experience and inspire and other inspire and empower other single moms and other women. And the reason why I can say that is because different things have happened, different opportunities have come along that lets me know this is all a part of your testimony. It's not all a part of your story. You're not a victim. You're a victor. And you're going to be able to tell somebody else how to get over these humps and, you know, help them build a blueprint for how to maneuver life with these types of things happening. And so each time it happens, I get frustrated. I cry. You know, I go into prayer. I start questioning God, but I just renew mm-hmm. my mind. I continue to lean on my faith. And, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that God 
handpicked me to deal with these types of, um, you know, difficulties and, and these types of adversities. So ultimately I can triumph later and use it as a testimony to be able to inspire and encourage other women. So somebody asked me the other day, like, you know, I know some of the things that you experienced and I'm sure there's more that you, you know, probably haven't necessarily shared, but like, how do you keep going? And initially I just was like, girl, I don't know. Like (laughs) sometimes I ask myself the same thing, but one of my good friends who's also an entrepreneur, he tells me all the time, whenever I feel stuck or whenever I feel overwhelmed or I start questioning, like, what does all of this mean? He'll be like, you you give people the greatest advice. You really have to take your own advice. He was like, I know it's easier said than done, but he's like, you have to remember your why, why you got started. You know, what does this mean for you? And I really believe that as far as my life goes, that I am chosen. I am chosen for this, that, you know, before I was even conceived that God knew that all of these different things were going to be parts of my life. And so I don't look at it as like, you know, I'm a victim of our circumstances. I do continue to persevere because he's given me all the tools to do so. I just have to not get in my own way, which is what we do a lot of times with our mindsets, with our, you know, overthinking, with our worrying. We really do get in our own way. And so that's pretty much what I consider each time I come up against you know, the, the, the area of my life where that's what it's starting to look like. Yeah. Taking those obstacles and turning them into opportunities. And I think just having that sense of faith, and that's why this is called soul driven with stuff. Cause we have these soul focused conversations. And I think having that sense of faith that, um, I'm, this is part of the journey. Like this is, I'm here to go through all of this and, even sometimes when it's either us that we're frustrated with or even other people, I always remind myself, like, even if it's someone else, I can't control them. And who am I to steal those lessons from them that they need to learn? And we all have these lessons, these turning points, these rock bottom moments in our life where it's part of the story. That's what makes us inspiring. That's what makes us overcome. We are. When you can look at it and say, I, this is kind of my cliche saying is this is just another chapter in the book that I'm going to (laughs) write someday. Um, This is just another chapter and it's what makes it interesting. It's what the contrast is what makes life interesting. So when we're going through those rock, rock bottom moments and we can acknowledge them for what they are and see how, again, we might not see the path forward, but we know that it's a turning point towards something greater. And I really do feel that every time I've had a on my knees, praying, crying, rock bottom moment, it's right before I have a major breakthrough and a huge life transition that only projects me into a better direction. Would you yeah. agree? I agree. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a phase right now where I wouldn't necessarily say rock bottom, but it's, it's been really trying. I mean, like, I, I can't even put it into words right now because I, I know that there's a reason for it. And so I try to, like, take myself out of it and self-reflect, like, what is this teaching me? You know, there's got to be something greater on the horizon. And, you know, I'm going to be able to use this experience in some way, shape or form in my life for good. And I just have to keep reminding myself that because it's, it's been really tough considering where I started, and where I'm headed and I'm in the middle of a really big transition right now. And so I had to remind myself, like you've done this before you started a business with little to no, you know, knowledge, with little to no resources. You are doing this very same exact thing you've done before. So take those lessons, take that knowledge and apply it to this time. And then there's going to be newer things that you're going to learn as well, because even though it's a similar journey, it's still different. And so I just have to literally pour into myself and, you know, remind myself and speak positive because I've, I've overcome so much more that has been more difficult, if not, you know, the same level of difficulty. And I just really have to continue to keep pushing. And so of course that's easier said than done, but I know I'm capable because I've overcome so many other things, you know, and, um, it's, it's, it's challenging right now because I'm essentially starting a whole new business, but (laughs) 
I know that I can do it. Like, I just keep telling myself, like, girl, you are amazing. Like, you are so talented. You are so knowledgeable. You know, you are so um, inspiring to other people. You're helpful. You're always thinking of somebody else, even in the midst of everything you have going on. So I'm like, I really have to pour into myself and, and you know, affirm myself because I know that I can get through this. But in the moments where you're unsure and, you know, worry starts to creep in and, you know, the, the enemy starts telling you all these things about why you're not worthy and, and how you're not capable. And, you know, you think that by, you know, following God, that this is going to give you this, this amazing life and you're going to be destined for greatness. Like, look at you now, you know, you're struggling. You got this going on. You got that going on. Like, you have to really shut down all of the negative thoughts and the voices and, you know, you when the enemy starts whispering in your ear, you really have to shut this stuff down. You have to make a conscious decision because it will consume you. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. You got this. <laughs> God is in control. You got this. Yes. Well, I am cheering you on wholeheartedly. And I feel like I'm in the same big season of transition. And I trust that it is for the good and it's going to bring so much great so much greatness and new things and opportunities but man it doesn't make it any easier easier yeah. when you're in the thick of it and there's so much uncertainty and so much self-doubt and imposter syndrome and just all of like you said the the mental clutter that starts to creep in and that's really why I do think it's so important to have some version of faith, whatever you believe in, um, because I do think that's what's carried me through some of the hardest times and days. So I really do encourage anyone listening to this to um, have that inner like that's the inner work, like connecting back to your soul, yourself and your whatever your belief and higher power is, because that is what will carry you through the darkest days um, and continue to do so. So I feel you and I'm cheering <laughs> for you. And it, I do yeah. feel it's it's a exciting time for sure. So one of my favorite questions to ask is what are you most proud of about yourself? Wow. Um, I am most proud of overcoming so many different things that have kept me held back in life. And, you know, when I start reflecting on those things and sharing those things with, you know, people in my circle that are close to me, or, you know, it may come up in a conversation I'm having with another woman where I'm inadvertently inspiring them. Like literally when I meet women, somehow I end up having these two, three, four hour conversations with them. And I, I know it's, you know, divine timing. And so I try to like take advantage of those moments. But um, I am very proud of that. Like to see where I was, you know, 10, 12 years ago, even just five years ago, even just three years ago, I am so different in the way that I think, the way that I, you know, show up, the way that um, I parent, the way that I inspire and motivate other people, Um, the way that I use myself as uh, motivation and and as an example of like things that I've been able to overcome. So I know you can too. Like, I am very proud of that because I'm telling you, I used to be so closed off. I never really was able to see how, how, um, what's the word I want to use? I I was never, never able to see like how damaging that was until I stepped outside of it. And a lot of it came from my upbringing. A lot of it came from childhood traumas, um, some early experiences in my adult life. I was really bitter. Like I'm talking about so bitter about being a single mom, so bitter about feeling like, you know, I didn't choose this life. You know, why is it so unfulfilling and so difficult? And I had to start taking accountability. Like, girl, you are the determinator of how life goes for you. If you continue to be in this negative headspace, if you continue to be in this, you know, woe is me, why is this happening to me type of, you know, space instead of looking at like, okay, I'm taking accountability for the choices I made, for the decisions I made, and I'm not going to focus on the things that I don't have control over. I have control over me. And so that's what what triggered my um, personal development journey in terms of health and then fitness and then spirituality and then, you know, financial stability. Like it was a trajectory. I knew that I had to change if, if I was going to live a fulfilling life, I had to be the, the one person who was going to come and save me. 
And so I'm very proud of that. Like I said, I'm not necessarily where I want to be, but oh, I'm so much further in terms of my growth and development. Um, it's, it, it shows, you know, and the way that I move and the way that I parent and, you know, the way that I'm being able to, you know, empower the next woman that comes along with a similar journey. Um, And I'm really proud of that because I could have stayed the same and life would have been so miserable for me. And I really just encourage a lot of women all the time. You got to take accountability for where you are, you know, do some self-reflection, do some introspection and, and realize that you don't need to have it all figured out. Realize that you are not your past, you are not your traumas, you are not your triggers, but it is up to you to figure out how to work past those things. And so I'm on that journey of continuing to do that. And I'm very proud of that. As you should be. That is amazing. And think of, you know, just how easy it is, even in our culture and our society, to just blame everyone else for our problems right it's the government it's this person in charge <laughs> it's just everyone but me um but when we can flip that on its head and take that total ownership um and say you know what whatever happens to me it's on me and it's on me to decide how i'm going to move forward from this and and just be better i love um what you said about just um, improving and and how you were bitter and now you can take some of those experiences that, yeah, maybe gave you the right to be bitter, but instead you're coming out on the other side better instead of bitter. And I've tried to do that same thing in my life. You know, there's experiences we all have where we have a right to feel upset and angry and carry that resentment with us. But who does that affect most of all? us. <laughs> so being able to take that and make it something useful and have a purpose behind it by pulling out those silver linings. So I love that. You should be very, very proud of yourself. And I'm so grateful that we've connected. My final question is what drives your soul today? What do you get up for each morning? Ooh, oh my. Um, what drives my soul today? What do I get up for every morning? So I'm a firm believer in not wasting life, not wasting time, you know, because I don't know how much God gave. So I don't want to be in this space where I'm not living a fulfilled life, where I'm not pursuing my purpose. Sometimes I look at, you know, where I used to be and where I am now, and I'm like, I never reflected on that. I, I would literally get up every day and do the same exact, same exact thing. You know, get up, you know, go to work, come home for dinner, you know, spend time with my kids, you know, go to sleep the same thing the next day, same thing the next day. And I just was like, every day shouldn't look the same, you know? Mm-hmm. And every day is literally what you make it. So I would say what drives me is just taking advantage of a new day. You know, it's another opportunity to inspire somebody else. It's another opportunity to really bask in being alive and taking advantage of, you know, admiring the weather, you know, spending time in the sun, you know, spending time with your family, like capturing those moments and making memories out of them, like literally living every day as if it was your last. But I do get satisfaction out of being in the space where I can wholeheartedly pursue my goals and dreams. So that also drives me every day. So like I'm doing something in relation to that every day. It doesn't have to be my whole day. It doesn't have to be, you know, where I'm locked in for a, a monotonous amount of hours, but because I give myself breaks and I give myself, you know, time to really just enjoy the day. But that's what really like motivates me every day. That's what drives me. And I'm just so thankful to be in that space because when I was working a nine to five and running a business, I know a lot of people do it that way. I did it for very many years. Um, I'm not opposed to having to do that because you do what you have to do in order to get the result that you're looking for. But I'm really happy to be in this space right now where I can pour everything I have into cultivating this business space that is not just for my benefit. You know, it's going to benefit my community, it's going to be- benefit other people, and I'm able to do what I enjoy while creating this mm-hmm. you know, that's what really that's what really drives me 
I love that. Yeah. And creating that impact. It's a ripple effect, right? We do the work on ourselves. It ripples out into our family, into our friends, into our business relationships, into our larger community, and then just continues to ripple out even further, which is how we really connected in the first place. Um, So that was definitely um, fate, I believe, because we have- so many similarities and um, can relate on so many different levels. And it's been really, really fun to have this conversation today with you, LaShonda, and just hear more about your story and your journey. And you're inspiring me and so many other people by sharing it. So thank you for being on the podcast today. If people want to continue to follow you and your journey, where should they go? Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So and if you want to continue to follow me, you can Follow me on Instagram at cultivating underscore her. Um, You can follow the business page that I'm creating with that. Um, If you want to follow my personal page, it is she sheds um, on Instagram because that is literally the way that I describe, you know, my life experiences is continuing to shed beliefs, habits, you know, and actions that keep you stuck. Um, And then on Facebook, you can follow me at LaShonda Carr. Awesome. Go follow along. I know that she is doing big things and I can't wait to see what else she does. So until next time, keep unfollowing what drives your soul. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time, Be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.